welcome to More Than Fashion, the SNR podcast. I'm your host, Erica Capobianco. I'm the Student Communications Director of Maris Fashion's 35th Annual Silver Needle Runway. But trust me when I say we're so much more than just a fashion show. We understand that from an outsider's perspective, fashion is oftentimes seen as superficial. But with the help of some very special industry professional guests, we're delving into a whole new side of fashion you've never seen before. And we can't wait to share it with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of More Than Fashion Podcast. Today, we have a very, very special first guest on, Alexa Curtis, who is the founder and CEO of Life Unfiltered with Alexa Curtis and the Be Fearless Summit. At just 12 years old, she started a fashion blog. Yes, you heard that right. At 12 years old, she started a fashion blog called A Life in the Fashion Lane. It quickly became a platform for her to express her feelings around everything relating to teens, body image, and mental health. So her blog naturally shifted from talking about fashion to more sensitive topics that teens and young adults face every day, which we talk about in this interview. A Life in the Fashion Lane was changed to Life Unfiltered with Alexa Curtis and became a lifestyle website and podcast for teens and parents discussing topics such as social media and mental health. And not only did Alexa turn her little fashion blog into a full-time lifestyle platform for teams, through cold pitching, she managed to get so many amazing sponsor brand collaborations, including British Airlines, T-Mobile, Lands End, and so, so much more. And if that didn't impress you enough, in 2018, Alexa founded the Be Fearless Summit, which is a pop-up summit that appeared at Drexel University for the first time on March 15th in 2020. Also in 2018, she launched her own radio show on Radio Disney called Fearless Every Day with Alexa Curtis. And it was very much the first of its kind. It broke new ground for Radio Disney brand. And Alexa interviewed so, so many incredible guests who shared their journey of overcoming obstacles and challenges and chasing after their dreams. Right now, she's prepping for the 2021 Be Fearless Summit which takes place on May 22nd, 2021. We're so excited to have her on today, and I hope you all enjoy this very fun and super inspiring interview. Thank you so much, Alexa, for joining me today and being our first official guest of More Than Fashion Podcast. I'm so excited to be here, and I think that this year's theme is fascinating, so I'm excited for this conversation. Absolutely. So, I'd love to kind of kick off our conversation with a fun little segment that I like to call illusion versus reality. And I'm going to give you a generalization about the influencer and blogger space. And you're going to tell me whether or not you think that it's an illusion. So something completely false or not entirely true uh, or reality, meaning something that you find to be true that you've personally experienced and feel free to kind of elaborate on your answers. And with that said, are you ready to get started? I'm ready. I'm scared, but I'm ready. <laughs> Perfect. So the first one is starting a blog is super simple. That's an illusion. Um, I mean, you know, it depends how deep you want to go into it. I mean, anyone can do anything. Starting a blog is as easy as going to the store and buying popcorn. It requires two seconds, like making a Google account. I guess the real question is after that, like continuing it on, the illusion that that is easy is, is not reality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
I myself have made several attempts of starting, you know, entering the blogging space. And I can totally attest that while there's so many incredible resources online uh, to help you get started for anybody who's looking to make that leap. Um, it's far from just, you know, picking out a pretty layout, which is, in my opinion, hard in itself. Um, and then putting a couple posts up every now and then. So this next one, I absolutely love. Opportunity does not come to those who wait. It is found by the bold. Oh, a reality. I think that's true. I mean, you know, there's people who fall into experiences and whatnot, but I definitely think you have to be incredibly fearless to do anything outside of the box or anything maybe a little bit difficult in life because most people don't want to have a challenge. It's too hard, especially in the fashion industry. Uh, so I would say that that's 100% reality. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like you've definitely taken that approach throughout your entire, entire career. So that was so, so, so well said. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, um, and I think this will perfectly kind of segue into the rest of our conversation, uh, talking about your personal mental health, your feelings and emotions on social media is not something to be scared of. Reality. Um, I, I agree. I think that that's a great thing to do. That being said, I also think it's important to follow people who you know are doing it for the right reasons. I think mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people build brands off of like promoting veganism, yet behind the scenes they're eating burgers or people who are like sober and all about green juice and they have tequila every moment they can. Um, so I think just being able to seek authenticity is so important. Um, and so the people that you follow, if you resonate with whatever their mental health issues are, that you know that they're coming from a place of them wanting to use their experiences to help other mm -hmm. people and not necessarily like make money off of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's so great. And I kind of want to now go back in time a little bit because you've been in the blogging and influencing space for such a long time. You started your first blog when you were 12 years old, which I think is so incredible and so, so admirable. Uh, so I'd love for you to kind of tell our listeners what inspired you to enter the digital space at such a young age. And what was it kind of like to be a part of that very early age of bloggers and influencers? Such a good question. And it was so crazy. I mean, when I started my blog, this was not a career. The term entrepreneur, like, you know, you're looking at entrepreneurs like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. There was not people who were necessarily, there was no shark tank around. Like it wasn't a thing that you're creating these side hobbies and then making millions of dollars. Uh, so I just started because I really wanted to have a hobby. I really was good at writing did very poorly in school. Um, and so the evolution of that just came from me, like you said in that previous question, just constantly contacting people and never giving up and being really fearless in the pursuit of finding success, still trying to define what success is. So I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, but those days, I mean, man, it was so crazy. I mean, the industry has changed so much. When I was like 14 going to fashion week and it was just like Anna Wintour and all of these people and there was no influencers, like they wouldn't, all of the influencers and bloggers were like, people's assistance. I mean, I remember like even like Whitney Port when I would go to shows that Kelly Catrone would be hosting. And it was like, she was not even, I mean, obviously she was on that, was on the show. But at that time, I mean, a lot of these people were just like assistants. Emily Weiss of Glossier, she was at Teen Vogue. Uh, so I don't think anyone really expected how much social media would play a role in. Um, I like to say kind of sometimes like the demise of that secrecy and sexiness of the fashion industry. But that being said, the ability to now make a living off of the fashion side of things and utilize social media is really quite fascinating. Um, so overall, it's been really fascinating to watch how it's changed. 
Absolutely. The space has definitely evolved, you know, so, so much. And I'd love to kind of talk about, because you said that, you know, you really love to write and you really wanted to find that hobby, but your first blog, uh, a life in the fashion lane, obviously revolved around style. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know kind of what initially drew you to the world of fashion and why did it become the focus of your first blog? Yeah. So my sister was a fashion model. We have a 16 year age difference, but she had moved out and gone to New York and became pretty just like obsessed with the industry. So growing up, I would always just like see her in magazines or like odd photo shoots or just even her clothing. And that I really felt made sense to me. I always knew that I really liked being on camera, even from a little kid, but I just didn't necessarily know kind of where that drive would come from to pursue that. So fashion once I started getting myself invited to like fashion week and like getting free clothes and then ending up on TV segments at such a young age, I I became more obsessed with it because I was like, people don't get to do this. Like people don't get to go to fashion week just by writing an email. So simultaneously, I was learning so much about myself throughout that entire process. But initially fashion just was a creative outlet for me. Um, I'm from a really small town in Eastern Connecticut, didn't have any money or any connections. And that was just a way that I felt like I could be myself, um, kind of sometimes like mask all of my insecurities or like all the kids who were bullying me. I don't know. I just found like fashion to be um, that creative outlet. And I can, I can so, so relate to that. I also grew up in a, in a very small town in Connecticut and from such a young age. Yes. Yes. Um, right on the shoreline, um, in a beach town. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fashion was just not there. That was like, no one knew anything about it. And from such a young age, I also really was just, I was so passionate about it and, you know, also kind of use that as my outlet. So many people can kind of, can kind of relate to that as being a form of expression. Um, hundred percent. And yeah. So shortly after that, you, you transformed that original blog, Life in the Fashion Lane to uh, Life Unfiltered with Alexa Curtis. And I'm kind of just curious to know what what sparked that change and why did you feel so passionately about, about making that switch to talk about mental health, bullying, body image, all of that? Yeah. So I think it was just growing up in fashion for so long and being so young and seeing so much of the industry. I didn't like how it was going. Like I didn't, I remember when I was about like 18, I think I just remember like there was a fashion week and I just, it wasn't the same. And I genuinely kind of blamed it on social media and like the rise of influencers and like the sense of entitlement that fashion would give people, but like give it for the right reasons. Whereas now it was entitlement for just like having a hundred followers. And that was like what mattered. And I didn't necessarily like that personally. And on top of that, I had just started struggling with a lot of mental health issues and body image issues. I had written a post online about an eating disorder I had and then online therapy platform contacted me and asked if I would do a talk about it. So I went down to New York and uh, presented this talk at their conference. And then from there, I met someone at the conference and moved to Boston and started this nonprofit on social media and mental health and was there for a while doing that. And then I pitched the show to Disney and that was like fully on, um, you know, social media, like mental health, body image. And so I kind of just built from there. And I just realized that no, like fashion was no longer my passion entirely, but also that there were so many young people like myself, younger than me when I was blogging and stuff who were dealing with so many deep rooted issues and so much stuff from childhood. And I just felt like I really could build a stronger company basing it off my experiences. And I think that it's so important for all of us to kind of realize that, you know, we can use our love for fashion and using it to initiate that bigger, greater conversation. And that's 
that's very much the focus of, of this podcast. And I personally, again, like have dealt with a lot of those same issues that you were just touching upon. And I think that fashion really, they didn't want to talk about it because it was such a, a private, you know, small circle, very elitist, you know, kind of culture. And they, they knew it was happening, but they didn't want to have that conversation. So I think that it was, it was such an incredible thing that, you know, you were coming in like with this passion to, to really talk about the, the realities behind not only, you know, what happens in the fashion industry, but also just, just as teenagers. And I'd love to kind of go back to radio Disney a little bit, because you briefly just mentioned it. Um, So at that time, you were building your your podcast. Uh, this is Life Unfiltered with Alexa Curtis. And then you also were the host of your own Radio Disney show, Fearless Every Day. And that was such a such a revolutionary show to have on Radio Disney at the time. So I'd love to kind of know more about how this partnership came about. You said that you pitched them. Can you can you elaborate more on that process? Yeah. So I I was living in Boston at the time and I had found a producer. I don't know. I would like go on these just like deep dive internet searches. Like even when I would get myself invited to fashion week, finding publicist emails and like backdoor emails of like people who like used to work at the company. And I had found a list online of like 500 producers and everything from like music to TV, to radio, to books and authors. And I just sent kind of like a mass email out and I got one reply from someone at Disney who said, you know, would you want to come in for a meeting? Are you based in LA? And when you get asked, like, are you based in LA? I always said, I'm never going to move to LA. I was like, I'm going to have to move to LA. I just like, I knew it. Um, and so I called one of my best friends from childhood and was like, will you go for three months with me? And he also was like the kid. He also transferred to online school. Like, I think we both just kind of are like the weird kids. Um, and at the time I think he was just like doing school online and working at a restaurant. So we went for three months. He hated it after three months. I got the show, um, with them in March. I had like a first, there was multiple meetings, like Um, you know, you go in for like an introductory meeting and then you go to like another meeting where they're like, okay, what's your idea? And then they sit you down with like, there was like another meeting and every meeting would be like in two week increments. So you would just be sitting there for two weeks. Like this is awful. And then there was like a meeting um, right before Christmas in December. That was like with all the executives that I now like repitched the idea to, which ended up going kind of being a spinoff from this thing I had started called fearless Fridays. And so it was now called fearless every day and it would incorporate other kids And then they said yes to the show in March. And then come April, I get an email. I was in Arizona at a conference um, forwarded to me by my manager. And she just said, like, what did you do? And I was like, what? And the email just said, we found like a series of videos online about Alexa. It was just like the most blunt email. Unfortunately, won't be pursuing the show and wish her the best of luck. Long story short, I went through the deepest depression in my entire life uh, for that like pretty much like six month period. I had a series of like sex education shows talking very PG about sex geared towards parents. No one told me to take them down. Um, And, you know, they backed out of the show. So then in June, I took a flight from um, I was visiting my sister in Turkey, which was like awful because I was waking up like every hour to check my phone to see if I got an email back because of the time change. And I just got it was like one email that was like they said yes to the show again. And all I can say is that experience was physically and mentally traumatizing, but it just shows you that, especially in entertainment and fashion, if you do not like stay on your toes, you will fail. So you must always be ready for whatever's coming. Cause you just don't know. Absolutely. And I kind of would, would love to talk about, you know, after the fact, 
you know, how this partnership with Radio Disney impacted you and your, your brand today. Yeah, well, we went into production in August and the contracts were signed in June. And that was my first big yes. I mean, I was pretty much at the time kind of like a nobody. I mean, I had a presence online and whatnot. But when you're in that big league of like TV and producers, they're not the people who are like, how many followers do you have? They care more. Like, what are you doing? You know, what is your brand? Um, And so that experience for me going from working for myself for so long to now working for this massive company was incredibly intimidating. I was certainly the new kid on the block, but I met so many people. Oh my God. Um, I was constantly so inspired. I really learned a lot about like multitasking. I did have my other podcast at the time. So it was kind of, it was very difficult at times because I was running two different companies like that in itself. They want, you know, you want your talent for them. They don't expect you to be doing anything else, but I was doing all this other stuff online and trying to build out other programs too, because I knew, like I knew that I wasn't going to be there for probably more than the year that I signed with them. Um, so I wasn't just going to walk in and give everything up that I had done. Mm -hmm. Uh, but overall, I mean, I was, it was incredible. I mean, now um, Radio Disney has like shut down, which is really sad. So I guess I'm like really happy that I got the show when I did, because if it had happened this year, it would not have happened. I think that that's like everybody's dream. I mean, I mean, before even the world of of podcasting even came about, I mean, I think that so many people just wanted to have their own radio show. So I feel like it's pretty safe to say that you were living the dream of of so many like young kids that that were listening to your show. Um, and I think it's it's amazing to kind of hear how it's impacted your life and kind of the lessons that it's taught you. Um, but also considering all of the the people that you interviewed and how it changed their lives as well. Is there one interview that you did on Fearless Every Day that you think stands out to you or maybe you. is a favorite of yours? Yeah, I would say so. There's an app called Headspace. Do you know what Headspace is? So I interviewed yes. the founder yeah. and got really close with that whole team, Andy, and he was just amazing. I mean, we would have like Disney kids in and out that in and out those doors. But when people found out Andy was coming in, it was like the whole team. It was just kind of like really cute because I was like, I, uh, I I just was also glad that I was able to like fulfill other people's inspirations at that time, especially behind the scenes, like the whole team who was producing the show and stuff loved him. Um, Kat Sadler, I had her on my podcast, but she was actually a really, really good interview. Um, who else? Olivia Sanabia, who's like now one of my really good friends. She was on a, she's just like so sweet. Sometimes you would get these like not sweet kids and she was just so sweet. And then, I mean, then there was the entrepreneurial side of kids, the kids who had like built these million dollar companies. There was a a kid who started Alana Morris. She started like a sugar-free candy company. Um, Kelly Rutherford of Gossip Girl, who like I am obsessed with. When she followed me on Instagram, I had a heart attack. And like, oh she like likes my pictures. I still have a heart attack. And I re- I'm the person who like just picks one show and rewatches it every month. I just rewatch Insane. Gossip Girl. So it's just, yeah, it's just the best. Um, it's so all, all such of a that. comfort show. <laughs> no, yeah. There's nothing ever wrong with it. No, I know. I totally relate to that. Um, I always love hearing about interview experiences. Last semester, I interned with Tiger Beat Media, and that was my favorite, favorite part uh, was talking with young talent. And so many times I was there conducting their first interview. So being there for their milestones as well, as well as, you know, experiencing, you know, my own first interviews. I think that was you know, an equally rewarding moment for the both of us. Tiger so, Beat is huge. Good for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I seriously loved it. Um, I, I wouldn't trade that experience in the world. I feel like it's, it's really helped me kind of figure out what I want to do in my career, um, which is kind of that 
working with kind of like the, the Gen Z millennial kind of audience and talking about, you know, entertainment and fashion. And then, you know, also talking about how people can use their platforms to do something so, so much greater. Um, Did Teen Vogue fill their, um, their new editor position? Cause you might be on your way there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Out the door there. (laughs) <laughs> that would be, that would be the dream. That would be the dream. Um, we'll do it. but I would, I kind of want to switch gears because you made a, a pretty exciting announcement, um, regarding your 2021 be fearless summit and the lineup looks absolutely incredible. So would you mind kind of explaining to listeners what be fearless summit is and what they can expect from, from this year's, uh, event? Yeah. So I had this idea back in 2018, right before I signed with Disney, I was just doing a lot of different talks at conferences and constantly walking away, predominantly like women's conferences, never feeling like I was being taught as much as I thought people should be taught. That being said, I mean, the demographic of the conferences I was speaking at was older, but I was like, why am I not? Why is there nothing for people my age? So I pitched the idea for like a year, got constantly rejected by every university, gave up on it, and then randomly spoke at a conference in December of 2019, 2018 in um, Philadelphia. And there was just someone from Drexel there. And I, you know, casually was like, hey, nice to meet you. I have this idea that's like a failed startup. But like, if you ever want it. And she was like, yeah, let's take a meeting. And I was like, what? Uh, so I went in and literally that, I think I stayed extra two days in Philadelphia. And they said, yes, like on the spot. And we're like, we want to do it in March, which was like three months. I had never done anything like this before. I had built up a robust network of connections just like throughout my industry career. Um, so it was like, it was just a whole like new ball game for me. So we premiered the first one. March 15th, 2019 at Drexel. And then the the last one was supposed to be last March with UC Berkeley and it got moved to be virtual in September. So we did that one. And now there's one um, that's like a hybrid event, May 22nd with Vanderbilt. And then um, like another hybrid style one with the University of Connecticut in October. Uh, But it's, it's, it's it's the hardest thing I think I've ever done. I mean, I thought like the other stuff I did was hard, you know, podcast editing and just like ideas and content and stuff. But this is a whole new ball game because it's like, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a lot, um, but it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. There's moments though of like, I'm like, can I do this? Because it's, people don't realize like how much I didn't even realize when you start something the same, when I started my blog as a hobby, you're like not prepared for the things that then end up like coming at you, the taxes and the money and like the contracts. Uh, so yeah, but I'm excited about this one. This one has like an, um, like a VIP networking event the night before, which is good. Cause like my goal was not to host virtual summits. Um, so hopefully getting back to like in person as soon as possible. And I think that that's, that's so true. I think that once you are producing an actual event and the, the logistics and, you know, if you have to deal with production companies, like myself speaking towards producing a fashion show, there's so many things that you don't even think that you would even have to touch that, you are suddenly becoming, you know, just so, so involved in. Yeah. Um, so I can, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. It's, it's um, hard. You never know like what's coming next, but that's, again, it's the same thing. Like every young person just always stay on your toes. Always. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one of the many panels that you're hosting is the advocacy in the digital age. So how do you think people can can really use their platforms, big or small, to, to get involved and really to, to create change? 
Yeah, I'm super hyped about that one. That's the one with Mandy Teethy. So she's Selena Gomez's mom um, and Taylor Cassidy. And I just think that this particular panel is really interesting because you're getting both sides. Like Mandy has produced 13 Reasons Why and she's been behind the scenes and has like seen kind of the evolution of like from when Selena was, you know, on Barney to now um, and how much the industry's changed and how you can use your platform in that way. And Taylor's just this young, spunky, like TikTok um, rock star. So I am really excited to kind of talk to both of them. I mean, I think the most important thing is like utilize any platform you have big or small for a reason and don't always just focus on, you know, social media too. like just posting something on Instagram isn't going to change the world. It's what you do offline that really matters. And so I think that the concept of like building a brand and a successful one on social media should be so heavily influenced by like the impact that you want to have online and offline. That's so, so well said. Um, well, I'm so excited to see everything to come for the Be Fearless Summit and to kind of finish up today's conversation. I'd I'd love to talk about what's next for, for you. Um, so since the beginning of the career, you very much fostered a positive online presence for your audience. And now with everything going on in the world, including the pandemic, it feels like now more than ever, it's just so important to be kind, to be positive and, and again, to be of service online and offline. So in what ways do you think that this, you know, crucial time in our lives has changed the way that you've communicated with your audience? And how do you think it will kind of change in a post-pandemic world if you think that it would change at all? Yeah, I've read a lot of articles that say like how, you know, people have a lot of anxiety of it going back to normal. I mean, the one thing that I can say, because I also related to that is like, it's gone back, it's going back to normal in a small way. So it's like, I almost think that there's a benefit to like, you know, 20% capacity and then 40% capacity is like odd as that sounds. Cause it's like, it's not, unless you're in Texas or Florida, you're not able to like go full force. And I think people get really anxious about that and like reconnecting with people and re-meeting people. I don't love, you know, the idea that people say like 2020 was canceled. I mean, like, dude, we only get how many years on this earth? Like if you drink a lot of wine, do we get less years, <laughs> you know, 85 years on this earth, like don't cancel a year because you were stuck inside. Um, so I think, uh, I think it'll be different. I think maybe it'll be more exciting. And I also equally think like, you know, when I look at the past year, not only with like personal growth and I'm not really like spiritual or religious or anything, just like mentally being alone for so long, I look at things like, you know, wearing masks is kind of not terrible. Like it was pretty disgusting. The world we lived in, like, this is a wake up call for everyone, not only to also stay on your toes, which I keep saying throughout this episode, but just equally to like, you know, life is very precious and people don't realize that. And because everyone's so obsessed with social media and you get this viral fame and instant, like, happiness, you know, it, it can be gone in a second. Uh, so I just think that people walking out of this and, you know, consistently through this should just realize again, like, do not just sit on your phone 24 seven, make your life something that can really impact people. God forbid, like we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. This wasn't expected. Um, so, so yeah, so personally, that's kind of just the mission that I kind of want to keep spreading that I always really thought, I wasn't like someone who would wear a mask before this, uh, but I also think it's good to mention like people should wear masks. It's like kind of gross if you're like on the subway in New York. Like, now I'm like, I'll wear a mask. Honestly, this is so off topic, but there's so many things that were that we used to do in like, I, like pre-COVID world that I just think were like absolutely like disgusting. And I'm yeah. like, how did we, why did we ever do that? So um, I, I know. Think I, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's it's really crazy. But I also think it's like a wake up call that like we were not living in a, 
in a clean world. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said about, you know, just a wake up call in general and kind of, you know, realizing, you know, expect the, the unexpected and kind of don't take that as, you know, a sign of, you know, defeat. Thank you so much, Alexa, for taking the time to chat with me today. This was so great to catch up and I'm, I'm so excited to see what you do next. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me and congratulations on your equal success. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for listening to the very first episode of More Than Fashion Podcast. You can connect with Alexa on Instagram at both at Alexa underscore Curtis and at Be Fearless Summit and also on lifeunfilteredwithalexa.com. All of this information and the links are going to be in our show notes. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review and follow at Silver Needle Runway on all of our platforms for all more than fashion podcast updates. Talk to you all soon.